0: The Laughter Permitted Podcast is brought to you by Ally. Do it right. Hello, what's up party people? Time for some Laughter Permitted. I'm Julie Foudy. This is Lynn Zowie. Hi, Lynn. Hi, Julie. Today, we welcome Back to the pod, a U.S. Women's National Team teammate and good friend of mine, the Brianna Scurry. Bri was on the pod way back in
1: 2019. We spoke with her before the 2019 World Cup. That was the same year, the 20th anniversary of a certain 1999 World Cup win. You might be familiar Mm. with Jules. Mm -hmm. Well, we we caught up with Bri to talk about her new book.
0: I forgot that was the 20th anniversary, which which is why we were together. Mm -hmm. Bri, for those of you who didn't follow the U.S. Women's National Team, was a goalkeeper on the U.S. Women's National Team from 1995 to 2008. She won two Olympic gold medals and a World Cup. You might remember her making a very sweet save in the 1999 World Cup. And then she did this.
2: Yeah!
0: With her fists. That picture is the best. She is a member of the National Soccer Hall of Fame. And she is a very important author now. She has a book coming out in June called My Greatest Save. I can't wait for you to hear more about her personal journey. So get comfortable listening. It's Brianna Scurry. Hey there, Dope Village. As y'all know, Ally has backed Laughter Permitted since day one of our podcast as our financial ally. And honestly, Lynn, I might just tattoo Ally on my forehead. And Ally is currently on a mission to change the game for women's sports. And get this, along with being sponsors of the
1: National Women's Soccer League, Atlantic Coast Conference, United States Golf Association, and the Las Vegas Aces. Ally has committed to an equal media
0: investment in women's and men's sports. And you, my friends, can be part of the change by watching your favorite athletes crush it on TV, by going to women's sporting events in person, by, I don't know, maybe listening to every single episode of this amazing podcast on trailblazing women. Because every time you show up for women's sports, you are helping move the game forward. You can learn more about Ally by visiting Ally.com. Hey there, Dope Village. Lynn and I have been involved in women's sports our entire lives, and truly, we've never been more excited for what's to come in this women's sports space. And one big reason, Ally. Ally has made a commitment to an equal media investment in women's and men's sports. And that means more money going to women's sports
1: and more visibility for what these incredible athletes are accomplishing. Ally is on a mission to change the game for women's sports. So here at
0: Laughter Permitted, we're going to keep telling the stories of trailblazing women. And every time you listen in, you are part of that change. To learn more about Ally, go to Ally.com.
2: Okay, can you hear me? Hi, Bri-Bri. Hey! Oh, wait, wait. There we go. Okay. We ready, Lynn? Yeah.
1: Let's okay. do this. This is our last
2: of the season, Bri. Say the best for last. Thank you. I appreciate it. I remember telling Jules like 100 years ago, I'm going to write a book. I know. And I think I've been saying that for 20 years, and here we are. Look Yay. at that. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank so you. Awesome. Set the
0: scene and then we're going to talk about that book, Bri. Set the scene Alrighty. where you're at, what you're doing, that kind of thing.
2: All righty. So uh, at this very moment, I am in my hotel in Hamburg, Germany with my family. Uh, we are doing a little family slash business trip. And the reason I'm dressed, you're, rather... you're plorking,
0: play and work, you're plorking. Well, I'm well working,
2: we're parking, yes and after after our amazing uh interview and pod I'm actually going to the gala which is downtown so that's why I'm oh. dressed such <gasps> oh what's oh. the gala with my silky my silky ensemble um so my amazing wife's client is is uh, celebrating their 20th year in business oh okay we gotta hustle then there's I mean <laughs> you gotta get to a gala.
0: Come on, a Friday. Night. I can't be we're doing late to the gala. We're, we're messing up the whole plorking situation. I'm oh, okay. so sorry. <laughs> so bad. That's our bad. I just, okay. I so
2: greatly wanted to be on the pod, so we're doing oh, it right
0: now. Okay. You're so kind for doing this. We
1: were on a time crunch the last time we were together. This must be, I, we just, we're going to get locked we're in. It's we're going to make it happen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah. going to be fabulous.
0: Welcome Agreed. back to the pod Thank by you. the way as Lynn just Thank mentioned. You. you were on our 14th episode. We are almost 100 in, Brian, <gasps> we that we still have this thing going on. I I'm thought for so sure they were going to be like what are these two numbskulls doing and let's get rid of it. Um, and more importantly, congrats on your book June 21st. Go, 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 June 21st party people it's coming out it's a memoir called my greatest save I'm so pumped for you because I know you've been talking about this for a long time what
2: was the inspiration to finally do it it was just time I was in a good place um my family was in a good place business wise I felt strong that I could um finish the book and do the book and i'm i'm actually wrote it with wayne coffee and so it was november of uh 2019 that we got together and decided to do it and then oddly enough our first interview was literally in the very beginning of the pandemic in march 2020
0: (laughs) so this whole
2: this entire book was written in the pandemic the whole thing crazy that's awesome Everything came together. So here it is.
0: Oh, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I know you you go into this into the the book, but just to set up a little context for for people who haven't uh, seen your career. I mean, as we know, in soccer, there's not a ton of diversity. Right. Today, it feels like we're getting better with that. Like there's there's more people of color playing. There's more women of color playing. But when you first got into soccer, there were hardly any people playing, any black women playing. So let's go back to when you got started and how you got started.
2: So I came into my first camp in November of 93. And uh, I was actually very comfortable being one of the only women of color because throughout my entire youth, I was the only Black girl on all my teams, whether it was uh, soccer, softball, volleyball, basketball, all the sports. um, I've seen the pictures and I'm the only one. And so I was actually very comfortable with that. And I'm actually really proud to have been able to blaze that trail. Uh, I wasn't the first African-American Black girl on the team, but I was definitely the first one to have like a core position on the team where I started and played. A lot. And so um, it was just an amazing, uh, amazing ride. November 93 was my first camp. My first game was March 94. Mm. And you probably don't remember this, Jules, but back when Carla was uh, playing, she was playing in that game and she was the captain of the team then. And she came up to me and put her hands on my shoulders and looked me in the eye and said, You deserve to be here.
0: Mm. Ah. Of course she right? did. Carla I Overbeck, know. I love you. Isn't she amazing?
2: Oh, I know, right? I mean, makes who, me wouldn't run cry. Walls? I am- who wouldn't run through brick walls after that? So oh, that's really like well. how my, start, my career started, is she was just so instrumental. I mean, when you get a compliment like that from Carla Overbeck, you uh, don't really need much else. Am I right? wrong? I know, I mean, right? It's
0: such a good thing for people to hear, and especially yeah. young people who are you know, thinking about leadership and or it doesn't need to just be young people, old people too. old people yes. like us. But sure. <laughs> the, the fact that you take a moment just to say you belong. You got yes. this sister. Yes. and I got yes. your back.
2: Yes, Ugh. absolutely.
0: That makes me teary.
2: And I mean, it's important for me to also say, Jules, that the team, you know, I was not only the only African-American um, that played uh, a core position, but I was the only you know, out outwardly gay person as well, that's as right. far as I knew at the time, yeah. right? I mean, and so you guys were always so amazing with me. And that's something I mm. really appreciate to this day. There was ever never any weirdness, never any, you know, uh, you know, mean I never felt out of place or that I was being mistreated or anything. And and the team was always fantastic with me. And in the book I, I go into more depth about that, but that's something I really appreciate. Um, in this day and age, for sure. The
1: culture of the 99ers.
2: Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Big time.
0: Mm. Yeah. But just so, so people who, um, don't know where you gr- grew up. Right. Because they'll probably saying, where did you grow up where you were? There were no other black people on any of your teams. I know you talked <laughs> about it in the book as well. you were the only black person in your school. I didn't know that. I was like, right. oh, my God. OK, so we, tell them where you grew up.
2: <laughs> so I grew up. Um, I was born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And when I was six years old, around there' five or six years old, my, my family moved out to the suburb called Dayton, Minnesota, which is about 30 minutes north of Minneapolis. And we were literally the only African-American family in that area. Wow. Yeah. So that was that was the beginning. And then once I started playing sports, I was the only. Um, right. The only Black girl on teams. All of yeah. them. Yeah. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Do you
1: think that informed you in any way as far as being comfortable as a goalie? To me, a goalie is you're on your own. Yeah. Is there any type of...
2: Uh, symmetry there? I think there definitely might be because I didn't worry about um, being on an island, if you will, because I had gone through that my entire youth. And so being, um, you know, the one that stands out as a goalkeeper, it really didn't uh, give me any uh, weird feeling or anything. I actually took it as a badge of pride. Uh, I loved being the only one that could use their hands, the only one that that had a certain color jersey on. So I actually really did embrace that. And and there's a lot of of possible truth to that coming from being the only uh, Black girl on all my teams. So it just didn't bother me. I just forged ahead with what I wanted to do, and it didn't really um, slow me down at all.
1: In thinking back on your national team career, I'm going to challenge you. (laughs) <laughs> Two, I, I would imagine you like a challenge every once yes. in a while.
2: Just, just a little bit.
1: <laughs> to sum up your national team career in one word.
2: Integrity.
0: Oh, You didn't even have to think about that.
2: Bro, <laughs> drop it. Try oh, it.
0: please, please,
1: now please expand.
0: Unpack. Let's go.
2: <laughs> Let's hear it. I mean... I, I always handled situations I felt with uh, a balance of how I felt about something happening and how other people might feel about it. And I always wanted to put the team ahead of myself. And so when I was training and when I was playing, I always just wanted to do the best I could for, for myself and for the team. Uh, even if I wasn't always on my game, I, I always wanted to be. And always tried very hard. And when I you know, was on this in the spotlight with the team, uh, I just I was so happy to be there and so glad. And and I felt I owe I owed a debt to the success that the team had had before me and that I had to go in there and continue to live my dream, but also to contribute in a way that was uh, Honorable and with integrity, and so I really felt like it was important to do that, and also just to be myself in the in, in the process, and that was the authenticity and integrity I had with myself. Um, so doing what I wanted to do, which was be an Olympian, and also pulling my weight and and doing what needed to be done um, with regards to the team, and I think I I my feelings and my actions matched. And so that's what I mean by integrity.
0: How nice to be able to say that too, right? In hindsight, and look back and go, that's the word I'm going to use. I love that. Yeah, thanks, Jules. And and feel good about that. Like that's, I think, a a life goal. You want to look back on something and go, I did that with integrity and authenticity and all those words you described. Absolutely. Um, You also said that, in the book, success is in a straight line, of course, as we know, yes. it, can get, it yes. can get very messy, the ups and right. downs of your U.S. national team career. Right. And in particular, your career took an unexpected turn when you first suffered that concussion. Take yeah. us back to that and what happened after that.
2: So I was 38 years old when i went into that club team game uh, we were playing against philadelphia in philadelphia and i went for a low ball and the forward crashed into the side of my head i didn't see her coming um and then to her and to her credit she was just trying to nip in front you know what i mean it wasn't anything malicious really about it Mm -hmm. but it was a, a very painful and a very precarious place to get a hit the side of your temple is a very very delicate area and because i didn't see her coming I couldn't brace. And so this was a hit unlike any other. I remember thinking to myself, something's really wrong here. And normally when we get concussed, Jules, as you know, we can recover most of the time, you know, in a couple hours, maybe a couple days, a week or two, but this, this particular time, the symptoms would, would go up and they would go down. They would go up and they go down. They come and they go and they'd come again. And, and then they, they multiply over time, and before I knew it, I was looking at season-ending um, career, and then career-ending, um, you know, status. Hmm. And I went to many different doctors, and and really just tried to get myself right again. And what's interesting about my battle, and a lot of people are like, Brian, why did it take so long? Why it take three years? Why it take so long? Well, I was not only fighting with my own symptoms and trying to get back to myself, but Unfortunately, I was also fighting the insurance company because unfortunately Mm -hmm. also with um, TBI, you can't see it. And so back then, you know, 12 years ago, traumatic brain injury was a black box. It's your brain. You can't really see. I mean, you can do testing and whatnot, and I wasn't getting better. And it was a battle because the insurance company thought I was milking it.
0: Mm.
2: And the truth was, I was just being honest about how bad it was. And I desperately wanted to get back to, to me. You know what I mean? You have a standard and a level of ability and intensity, concentration, all these things. And then it just goes like that. Yeah. How would you describe that? What did it feel like? It's like it feels like being disconnected. Like if you consider an appliance or, or, or your iPhone or your iPad or whatnot plugged in to the charge when you unplug it and it just goes out. And mm. so there's a certain feeling that you have of energy and connectivity with other people and other things. But when you have a head injury, you're just disinterested. It's like being unplugged. Mm. So a lot of times people talk about how they used to love to do this and now my daughter doesn't do it anymore and I don't understand why. Or you feel like you want to and you can't and you do depression and anxiety. and All these different emotional elements come into play and they're very Strange, because you're wondering why am I feeling this way? I'm not myself. It's that disconnect.
0: Mm. Yeah, interesting. It,
2: mm-hmm.
0: And so, as this is playing out over these three years, and you're continuing to struggle, and, those, yeah. and as you you said, it's not something that you visibly see, right? right? So people are saying, "Come on, you're good. Let's go." Mm-hmm. And you're knowing that I'm I'm just not feeling right. And right. what happens then?
2: So once I finally managed to get uh, a doctor that's going to help me, the insurance company pushed back, pushed back. So I was on my way, but in the meantime, the emotional heaviness literally starts to pull me into this hole and I start to fall into a deep depression. And at first I didn't understand it. And then later I realized it was the concussion symptoms just making me feel that way. And I was suicidal there, Jules, for a while. Um, for the better part of 2013, wow. I was suicidal. And the insurance company was sandbagging me on getting getting the, you know, um, the procedure that was experimental. At the time, it's uh, occipital nerve release, where they dig into the back of your neck behind your ear and dig the nerves out. They were dragging their feet. And then um, I finally got some, some help from some friends, Naomi, who, who you know well, Naomi right. Gonzalez you know, connected me with someone to, who, to help me with PR. And that was my wife, Krissa. Mm. And she came in and she essentially told the, the insurance company, look, I'm, I'm in PR. We are going to have this story, you know, go out about Brianna. Do you really want to be on the wrong side of this?
0: Oh, interesting.
2: And not helping this, this national, you know, treasure Olympian Mm. do the right thing by her. Do you really want to be on the wrong side of that? Or we can write a story about how you're helping her.
0: <laughs> right. I mean, but that it takes yeah. that, you know. Yes, in the first that's place. exactly like, right. So frustrating,
2: God. Right, and that's why it was so important to write that that whole process in my book because I wanted people to understand how frustrating it can be, even for someone right. like me, you know. And it's really it's really confusing and really hard. It's, it's a web.
0: I, the other thing, one I didn't know. Again, I apologize to you. And 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 not. As we've talked about before, not knowing you were going at such a level through all of this. Um, You also talk in the book about pawning off your
2: medals. Yes. As well. What was that period? So the insurance company was mandated by the court to pay me for my injuries because I was temporarily totally disabled because that's how bad everything was. I couldn't work and they were mandated to pay me every two weeks, a certain amount of money. And they would stop paying me, they wouldn't pay. And so I slid further and further behind in my rent, in my you know electric bills, all these things. And I was a little bit too proud to ask you <laughs> for help. So what I decided to do, which is at the time unimaginable, the only thing I had of value were my medals. And so I made a decision when I felt like my back was up against it because the anxiety I felt when I go to the mailbox and the check wasn't there was just so debilitating. And I'm dealing with all these emotions and these issues I'm having, and then I'm having to deal with this financial difficulty and I only had my, my medals of value. And so I went and I pawned, I pawned them. And I tell you, I wanted that first one from Atlanta since I was eight years old yeah. and it felt so devastating to make that drive with that medal in the, in the, in the passenger seat, knowing where I was going and what I was going to do with it. And it just devastated me. I, I went and I did what I had to do because I, I just, I had no other option in my mind. And I was too proud to ask, you know, you get to a point where you're asking friends for money. It just, it doesn't feel right you know what I mean? And so that's all I had. And so I used that. And then I just cried after I, I gave them my medals and they, and they wrote me the check. I just cried and cried and cried. Uh. And then, you know, I, I did what I had to do. And that's really what it's, what it's about. I mean, part of the time you do you make these decisions in your life that are almost unimaginable, right. but also you don't really think, you're not thinking as clearly as you might be able to because you have head injury. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about it now and I'm like, mm, all these wonderful people have, you know, poured out their, their hearts to me and said they would have helped me. But at the time it just didn't seem like the right thing to do. Right. Yeah. Did,
0: did you get your medals back?
2: Yes. I do. I have them both back. Yes.
0: Yes. (laughs) So please tell me there's a half. Yeah, that was
2: Chris.
0: You should have said you're going to have to read the book to find out about it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) It's all in there, Jules. You just got to get the book. I'm sending you one. So don't worry. Where do you keep your medals? Oh, now they're in a gorgeous, uh, case that's um opens in the front and the back and i can take them out and take them on my appearances and let people touch them and wear them and take pictures with them and i can put them back and And chrisa made this uh, amazing box for me to display them in so now they're hung up on the wall in proper fashion
0: Chrissa, what a rock star isn't she she's yeah. amazing she's what amazing. is it
1: like when you see
2: the medals Whew, i call them girls the girls <laughs> 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 and girl.
0: I got a name by medals.
2: And this was 2004 and the girls are awesome. I, I read them every day, every single day. They are properly displayed where all can see them when they're in my house every day. And I just, I'm thankful because I, I'm a, I'm that kind of person that I remember how it was for me back then. I'm, I don't, it's behind me. But it's not out of mind, and I appreciate everything I have now because of that. So I look at the medals every day, and I'm like, "Hey, girls, you know." <laughs> and they, so they, they hang proudly for me every day.
0: <laughs> I got to get them out of my underwear drawer. I really do. <laughs> I got my girls need to breathe. My girls need to breathe. Jules, let the
1: girls breathe. Let the girls breathe. Oh my goodness. I just noticed how, how,
2: how thoughtful
1: Bri is with everything. And then I think I of you, Julie.
0: <laughs> She's always been like that. Whenever she talks, I'm like, oh, Bri is so smart and thoughtful. And what insightful. You and then this dummy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember back in the day, I, they'd be like, who should we talk to? I'd be like, Bri. Go <laughs> to <Shut up>, Bri. <laughs> There's your girl.
2: <laughs> I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> how did you How did you find your way back to health, Bri?
2: Yes, yes. Um, well, because of the article threat um, to the insurance company, they decided to do the right thing, and they were, um, you know, very gracious <laughs> in paying for the experimental procedure to be done. So that was step one. So I have two two inch incisions on e- underneath my hairline. Where they opened me up and dug out the nerves, oh my God, and the nerves on the one side are all, where they were all matted up like a little like a little ball, and they're supposed to be you know long and stringy, and it looked like a sixty five year old man's nerves in this side, and this side was was a a little bit, little bit better, but just to be safe, they took them both out, so that was step one, and then I had a year of therapy after that. Oh. So balance issues, cognitive stuff—you know, exertion, uh, memory—all that stuff took a year. A year, Jules, to get to get me back to ninety percent, I would say. Right. It took a yeah. year and a surgery.
1: What would you like people to take from your story,
2: Bry? i i feel i mean that's a great question because that's actually part of why i wrote the book in the first place is i want people to see inside my life and see themselves in it and i'm very very honest about everything in there the ups and the downs and everything else and i am open and vulnerable very vulnerable in that way but I feel that's the best way to do it. And I want people to see that you can turn things around. I mean, Mm -hmm. as dark and deep as that depression was, Jules and Lynn, I mean, it, it, you know, I just, the next day, just tomorrow, you know, give me to tomorrow, you know, I don't feel right. My head hurts. Okay. Can I go for a walk? Okay. I'm going to do that. Like, just keep, keep hanging on and hanging in there because I tell you when I was in the dark place, I didn't know Naomi was going to have that conversation with Chrissa. And then all of a sudden, you know, she came to the rescue. I had no idea she was even doing that until she had already after she'd already done. Right. And I just kept hanging in there and hanging in there. And you just don't know what can come the next day. And I think that's the message for my book. I mean, I show people I can be on top of the mountain in 99 you know how it was, Jules. And then what did I do in 2000? I didn't play a single minute. I mean, I you know, had some self-sabotage with some other kind of sabotage in there, but I fought back, yeah. you know, with, with some help, with some help. And the help part is important. The help element is important. You can't do it by yourself. Yeah. You just never know where the help's gonna come from. So just mm. hang in there.
0: Mm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. I love that you wrote this after wanting Thank to do you. this for so long. And it is, I bet, cathartic in itself, just writing and extremely going through, going through all of that again. Uh, extremely. Yeah. You know what's most process. interesting
2: about it, Jules, is, um, you know, I've had some stuff in my life happen where a lot of times people, they have some things happen and they want to move on from it and they never go back into the, I call them rooms right? You go, you, you, you lock something behind a door in that room and you don't go back in there ever. Um, surprisingly going back into the few rooms that I had to write this book, I was able to shine some light in those rooms and heal the hurt that was in there. You know, that's the, that's the, that's the stuff you drag with you, you know, through your life. And sometimes it can cause this ease, you know, this ease, and you don't even realize that those things that you don't work through can cause problems later. And so this book really was very uh, therapeutic for me in that way. I
1: can't help but think of a quote that, or saying that Candace Parker brought up on her episode with us that she learned from Pat Summit, which is left foot, right foot, breathe, repeat.
2: Yes. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, I mean that, because it's gonna get hard, you know, life is hard. And I think that when, sometimes when folks see us play and perform and they see the end of the process that you're training towards or you're working towards or whatnot. And sometimes it's not so rosy, you know, it's not always like that, life isn't Mm -hmm. always that way. And so when it gets dark and when it gets hard and when it gets rough, you know, step, step, breathe, repeat.
0: Left, right, breathe, repeat. That was a good one. Good memory.
2: Yep. Mm. Nice. That's great.
1: Our next step is the Lin game. Let's do it. Let's do it. Bry, when we first had you on, we didn't have time to do a game, so we wanted to make sure you have the opportunity to go head to head with Julie in a game of trivia. Let's do it. All right. Come on, Jules. This game will be five questions, best of five wins, all multiple choice. When you think you know the answer, you can chime, squeak, make a noise to answer <laughs> <Please>. it. <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> go. Julie is showing her noisemaker. It is the Billie Jean King elephant, which will be very squeaky. I'm gonna give us a test.
0: Swaggy around. <laughs> she is. She just woke up. Here she comes. Oh, oh it's gonna get ugly. I know swaggy. Brian, what have you it.
1: got in your German it. hotel room? We didn't hear it. Zoom.
0: One more time. Yes. There we go. I believe that's a one glass. There might be a
2: lag. So I want, you know, I want consideration for the lag.
0: Yes. Or on our honor <laughs> system
2: integrity julie integrity, integrity yeah.
0: in one word in one word this game is about integrity okay <laughs> oh i know i know swaggy it's very exciting <laughs> i know i know you're gonna get it after i beat after i beat bry
1: the theme of this game is i'm bringing it back know your 99ers
0: oh okay
1: Woo! let's go all of these questions are about the 1999 World Cup winning team.
0: Okay. Question oh, one. I feel like I have a chance.
1: What is Brandy Chastain's middle name? Is it A. Denise, B. Donna, or C. Barbara?
2: Denise.
1: Brian.
0: Correct. What? up? how do you know this? How do people know middle names? What's my middle name, Brian?
2: I don't know, Jules.
0: <laughs> Wait, Anne. No, that's a good, that's a good, that's a good one, though. Mm,
2: what is it? Julie
0: Maureen. J. Mo Foe is what they used to call me.
2: Who's the The dog?
0: <laughs> Lil, swaggy. Lil used to call me that when she get mad at me.
2: Mo.
1: In the last 99ers, No, You're 99ers, I had your middle name as one of the <laughs> questions. Colette. Yes, that's okay.
2: correct. Nice, good, good, good research.
1: Julie did not get that. She thought it was Cynthia.
0: <laughs> I mean, wow. I didn't it as a Cynthia. Okay, oh Swaggy, God, I know yeah. you're excited, but I gotta win. I gotta beat. Question <laughs> two. What number
1: did Tish Venturini wear? A, oh. 15.
0: Correct.
2: Boom! Oh! Uh, one, one
0: I didn't even need it! There should be an extra half point in there for that. That should be a tiebreaker. She didn't even need it. I okay, got. Oh, question. because she didn't
1: need them The answer Swaggy loses her mind. Question three, where was Joy Fawcett born? Oh, a, oh, oh Brian P. chimed P. in. You gotta go, P. Brian, P. Brian. P. You, P. you gotta in. go. California. I'm gonna give it one? to you, correct.
2: Is that, is that an
1: option? Well, it was Inglewood, California, but I'm gonna give it to you. I'm, I'm gonna be uh, Madison, Wisconsin or Selma, Alabama. Okay, oh, all right. Okay. I'll give it to you, too. That's Sorry, Okay,
2: thanks. Okay, is it two, one? Right. two to one? Two to one, right? Two to
1: one. Question four. How many How many goals did Mia Hamm score in her career?
2: Oh. <laughs> A. Oh! right
1: 159. Incorrect. Oh. Julie, your options are A, 158, B, 168. Or C, 178.
0: 158,
1: 158.
0: Correct. Oh my God, Bry was one goal off. Oh my God, I'm alive, I'm alive. And Swaggy is dying over the Billie Jean King elephant. She, she's been sniffing for this elephant all day, Bry. I told Lynn that before the game. Okay, I know, Swaggy, I know, but I have to beat Bry.
1: Question <laughs> five, where did Lori Fair go to college? A squeak in by
0: you, yeah.
1: Ju- oh, Julie.
2: Oh, we're gonna
1: have to
0: rewind and go to bar. Oh, <laughs> come on.
1: Wait a second. So, I, there was that was a tough one. Are we saying it was a tie that you both chimed in at the same time?
2: Yeah, yeah, because we both definitely knew it without help. Yeah. So
1: then it goes to the guest, yeah, <laughs> chime in. A tie of the chime-in goes to the guest. I think we established <laughs> <Yeah>. that. <laughs> a lot of rules in this Lynn game over <laughs> that you That you massage as you go. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah, make up as we go along. It goes so, to the guest. Where did Lori Fair go to college? UNC. Correct,
2: okay.
1: Yes! Should we do a tiebreaker just for fun?
2: Sure, did you already give the dog the toy? Yeah. He did?
1: <laughs> My tie-break question is How many abs does Brandy Chastain have?
2: <laughs> eight.
0: I was going to say a lot.
2: <laughs> I was going to say 12. <laughs> 12.
0: She's a 12 she pack. She got the 12 pack.
1: pack. Bri, oh, congratulations. Gosh. You are the
0: winner of the league. Well done, Bri. Most pressing questions What is it like having eight siblings?
2: Well, let me explain that. So I am the youngest of nine and I was a whoops, baby. So I'm pretty far behind behind my next closest sister by nine years. So they all weren't in the family home when I was in there. So there's that. And the two of us, my sister and myself are the two that have the same parents. And the rest of my brothers and sisters are either my mom's or my father's kids. Got it. So, but I consider them all my sisters and brothers anyway, even though they're half.
0: Right. So it's one big family. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I think so. That's chaos is what I see. It it, it would have
2: been if we were, yeah. (laughs) If
0: we were all in the house at the same time.
2: Yes, definitely.
0: As a
1: 99ers nerd total fangirl, can you share a story about uh, the final and maybe one that involves Julie that you can remember.
2: I will say, so my IPZ was set in stone and it was basically me with my headphones on and...
0: So IPZ is your pregame routine, yes. Yes, pregame routine,
2: right. Headphones on, focused, and everybody knew not to, you know, ask me questions or, you know tap me or anything but Julie's IPZ on ideal performance zone hers was to mess up everyone else's (laughs) (laughs) I convinced Jules that that was your IPZ to mess up everybody else (laughs) because I think you understood to not you know you would like be dancing she'd be dancing in the locker room and I think she would think about maybe dancing over to where I was, and then she'd be like, whoop! Did she go the other <laughs> way and dance over there someplace else? See? Ever.
0: Respecting the IPZ. I got there eventually.
2: You did, but it, I, it was always fun. That's when you knew Jules was ready to go. Because mm. she was busy wrecking everybody else's IPZ. <laughs> she, you was knew the she, I, was.
0: she was the IPZ wrecker.
2: IPZ wrecker. But nice. I have to say, though, when you scored that goal and did the... Um, what was it the uh, uh, um, I scored a goal that was that movie Austin Powers, Austin Powers pose? That
0: was, that the, was the first game of the World Cup, that was because that was all the rage, yeah. Oh,
2: Did what was the pose? Was that the first goal or the third goal, Jules?
0: Um, first game, I don't remember what goal, mm. but yeah,
2: it, that was awesome, yeah. I love that. That's I think of whenever I think of you, I think of that, so that's good, <laughs> that's good. What was the pose? Such a
0: good movie. Um, it was like I had my foot up. It's like what he always did. He oh, was, okay. Little, yeah. Hands up. He ran over
2: to the sidelines because she's a team player, right? She ran over to the sidelines and did the pose like with everybody, basically.
0: With that everyone was really there because cool. we all have yeah. been watching Austin Powers. Did they go nuts? They all did it. I think with me. Yeah. Yes.
2: Yeah. And so did seventy-eight thousand people that were also watching went, went nuts. <sighs>
0: I, I had my kids watch Austin Powers over COVID. I was like, you will watch it. <laughs> you do. Yeah. At first, my son was like, this is so weird. And then he was like, okay, it was kind of funny, Mom. <laughs> like, I don't know if it's really age appropriate, but you're going to watch it. I don't care. It's that good. Um, all right. High, low, cheer, Bri. We do this around the yes. dinner table with my kids. You've done this before high of your career, low of your career, and the cheer is for someone you're grateful for?
2: Ooh, high was 2004 Olympics winning that Olympics that everybody thought we wouldn't win because they thought the fun bus group was long in the tooth and also <laughs> very proud. Yeah, remember that? Remember those articles on the fun bus? has got flat tires. I'm like, no, we don't. <laughs> And also my father passed away two months before that game. And so that was intense for me. I was like, like, you know, high emotion to the downside morning. And then super high emotion. Cause I was doing my lifelong dream of planning Olympic games right. at the same time. All
0: right.
2: And so winning that game, that final, I am I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure my dad was in the goal with me. Cause there was a couple of balls mm. that didn't quite find their way into the goal that day. So that was my high. My low, I would say, probably was my concussion. And that's a really big low. Yeah. Um, it would just it, cause it just drug it just drug on for three years. I, I consider that whole three years my low. Yeah. And then um, grateful for Naomi mm. for having the awareness to tell Krissa about the trouble I was having. And now she's my wife. So how cool right. is that?
0: And from that low, you met Chris.
2: Yes, exactly. And that, that brings a full circle, Jules. It, it always is.
0: It's so interesting. This high, low cheer that we do with people, the low always ends up coming back to the high. I love it. A good reminder, as you said, like it's important to know it's not all just shiny. Perfect. Who right. wants perfect. So
2: boring. No one. No <laughs> one. You just want a chance. You just want a chance at the at the at the brass ring. You don't need perfect. You just want a chance.
0: Every time I've talked to Bri, I go, oh, I love her. <laughs> I have this warm feeling. Oh, Bri, I wish I got more time with my 99ers. Is there any way you can make time? Uh, well, maybe sh- they could all come live out in California. That'd be great. I'll become Angel City owners. That'd be great. What if you all get a house Golden Girls style and it's the 99ers <laughs> house? Oh, like we own the house. You
1: all live together.
0: Oh, that's a lot of families. I think that's a little too much 99er time, but I do think it'd be fun to get more time with them. I miss them. Takeaways, Lynn.
1: Oh, the gold medal story from pawning to getting them back and having them on full display every day in order to represent the journey. That was a really powerful story.
0: Mm -hmm. My girls, as she calls them. (laughs) (laughs) I had not heard that story. I don't know if I knew she pawned them either. My takeaway is just how thrilled I am that she's in such a good place. You can hear it in her voice. And looking back to when she was going through that depression and as we said in the podcast, um, not knowing about it and not feeling like we helped at all in a sense, you look back at, you know, always with your teammates and think how could I have done something or why didn't I know? And so to hear her happy and, um, and finally, you know, as she talked about wanting to write this book and now it's, it's done. um, I'm just so excited for her. She's in a great place. I love it. Mm. Questions permitted, Lynn. I still think you all should get a house Golden Girl style. I'm just saying. <laughs> you clearly all
1: love one another. I think it'd be a great reality show. Good TV. And the question I chose, I forgot I even chose this question. is from at jbaron 44 on Instagram. Any update on the 99ers Netflix movie coming out and who is, who's starring in it?
0: The update... On the 99ers film is that the script is in the hands of the president of Netflix who's reviewing it. Oh. And um, the script is written. And I've heard from uh, people who have read it. There's no players have read it yet. uh, That it's very good. So once the president signs off on it, we get to read it. And then we sign off on it and then we hire a director and then we start casting. So as these things as we know about films, they take some time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where we are. But it's great news that there is a script in hand. Not my hand, but there is a script in hand. Okay. So we're still we're still probably a I, I don't know how long that would take, but I imagine we're still two years out, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe a year.
1: Very exciting. I'm doing mental math to see how old Izzy would be, that where she could play you, your daughter, because you have their facial <laughs> expressions are so similar. But I think maybe she could play you um, in college. Oh, that could be. That could work. If there's a flashback to you at Stanford, we'll get Izzy a brunette wig. <laughs> just casting. I know. Just casting. I
0: do always tell her. She's a little blondie. I always tell her, you will one day be a beautiful brunette. And she scowls at me. I'm like, what is wrong with brunettes? Easy. She's like, nah, I want to be a blonde. It's all the time in the sunshine. Okay, that is a wrap on season seven. And I have to say, Lynn, a very solid season seven. (laughs) Thank you for enjoying the ride with us. While this is the final episode of season seven, we will have three bonus episodes dedicated to the 50th anniversary of Title IX. And that first of three drops on June 2nd. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, In that first one, we talk Title IX broad strokes, 30,000 feet up with Title IX expert and former CEO of the Women's Sports Foundation, Donna Lopiano. In the second episode, uh, we talk with ESPN's very own Katie Barnes, and in the final episode, we talk with Mia Mariel Ham, a former teammate of mine and still dear friend. You may have heard of her. She's kind of a massive deal. You can help us by spreading the word about the podcast. Tell your family, your friends, I don't know, make an announcement at your local donut shop. Just tell everyone. A big thanks to our sponsors, Ally and Dick Sporting Goods, and to Kate Diaz for our theme music, which she wrote and composed. And a final thank you to the dopest of dope villages and all of dope land. We love you. We'll miss you. We'll be back for season eight in the fall. As always, we go into this crazy summer. So thrilled that you were able to join us. And as always, kids, remember, sing it with us. Laughter Laughter permitted. permitted. Carla Overbeck, I love you. Isn't she amazing?